Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Superlight Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm solid to the crack. Never change me and my son of rain. It gets wild when we hang. I'm solid. Could touch the blue part of the Welcome to Sportfire, the sports comedy podcast that, in solidarity with the writer's strike, won't be funny at all. I'm your host, Adam Weinerman. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, occupying a lower bowl seat at a Miami Heat playoff game because apparently no one else will, and choosing not to guard James Harden with the game on the line because I saw a nickel in the paint. Big bonus show today. I spoke to Team USA runner and current world record holder in the 4x1500 meter relay, Colleen Quigley, about what changes when you go pro and, of course, St. Louis's pizza scene. But first, let's take a quick trip through the headlines. In deference to the WGA writer strike, instead of monologue jokes, I will be reciting the lyrics to Leanne Womack's I Hope You Dance. <laughs> Sorry, just... Just kidding. I will be belting the lyrics to Leanne Womack's I Hope You Dance. All right, let's let's not actually, but let's keep it short and sweet. We got a great guest. Suns owner Matt Ishbia executed the first ever owner flop when he fell to the ground after a Nikola Jokic courtside elbow in game four against the Nuggets. In a related story, Coach K just left Dan Snyder an excited voicemail. Come on, Dan, get back in this thing. We've got work to do. Jokic was fined 25k and assessed a technical foul, while the NBA sentenced Ishbia to six weeks of acting classes. James Harden put up a comeback performance in Game 4 against the Celtics after head coach Doc Rivers texted him the gospel song, You Know My Name. Meanwhile, after the game, Jason Tatum sent Boston head coach Joe Mazzulla a link to the song, You'd Better Hope They Don't Know Your Name. Written by Jason Tatum. Meanwhile, the New York Knicks are down 3-1 to the Miami Heat, and it hasn't just been Jimmy Butler standing in the way of the Knicks' chances of advancing. It's also been Julius Randle. After getting out-hustled in a Game 4 loss, Randle explained the game away by saying, maybe Miami just wants it more. I don't know. When later given the chance to clarify his comments, Randle said, okay, okay, that, that came out wrong. What I meant to say is, I don't want to be here anymore. The Heat will look to close out the Knicks at Madison Square Garden on Wednesday night at 7.30, and they'd better get it done quick because there's a Janet Jackson concert scheduled for 9 p.m. Six-minute quarters, best of luck. The Lakers hold a 3-1 lead over the Golden State Warriors, which led to plenty of takes Tuesday about whether L.A. should rest their stars for Game 5 on the road. 
and I, for one, am for it. Everyone knows the best way to stop Steph Curry is by putting a chip on his shoulder. Actually, the Lakers should go even further and call him up to remind him of how people doubted him coming out of high school. Because he was, because he was like, small. And by the way, I don't even think the Lakers need to plan for this. Anthony Davis is going to take Game 5 off whether you tell him to or not. Somehow the most likely outcome, according to betting markets now, is a Lakers-Celtics final. That's why I'm about to cash my winning bet for Bill Simmons Drinks Poison at plus 290. Colts owner Jim Irsay sent a warning to the Washington Commanders over contacting quarterback Andrew Luck. In Washington's defense, they were only calling Luck for his design input on the Sean Taylor Wire statue. LSU and UConn's men's and women's title teams will both visit the White House on May 26th. Iowa's Caitlin Clark, on the other hand, has been named acting Secretary of State. And the NFL schedule release is set for Thursday evening after reports emerged of an unforeseen delay. Said one NFL official, we remembered all the teams we had just in time. And now my super fun and pretty deep interview with Colleen Quigley. a pro runner for for several years now and and you've been an olympian and you're racking up these plaudits but before you were pro you were at florida state dominating uh so (laughs) for those of us who don't necessarily like understand the pipeline so much um what changes when you go from fsu to the professional ranks like what are the decisions you have to make what are the new things you have to contend with Yeah, actually, gosh, Adam, that is such an interesting question. I love that you started off with that because this is actually something my training partner and I have been kind of a project we have in the works because, you know, track and field is not a super mainstream sport. You know, it doesn't, we don't have a draft like, you know, like NFL or something. So it's kind of weird when you like want to turn pro after college and track and field, a lot of people have the same questions of like, what do I do? Who do I talk to? How do I get a sponsor? How do I figure out what my agent options are? Who should I like, who are my coaching options? Who should I train with? There's so many questions. Um, And I feel like I got really lucky where I went to FSU. Um, I was a national champion there and I was by no means the first national champion, you know, that FSU got to claim. Um, It was a very decorated program. My coach had coached Olympians in my event before. Um, And so I feel like I had such good guidance about like, here, this is Shalane Flanagan, go talk to her. She'll know how to help you. Um, And here are your options for for teams and and, uh, agents. And so I had so many resources and so many people to kind of talk to because it was totally new for me, totally new for my parents. Um, but there's a lot of people who come out of school who might come from smaller schools who, um, you know, they just don't have, they might be the first person from their smaller school who'd said, Hey, I want to be a pro runner. Like, how do I do that? <laughs> and so it's a, a definitely a passion of mine as I get to the later stages of my career to figure out a way to kind of help that process be a little bit more clear, um, and give those athletes some support um, to kind of figure it out so that they, A, don't make kind of big mistakes, but B, like, I think we're missing out on athletes who could become part of Team USA, but, you know, they fall through the cracks because we don't have a super strong infrastructure set up to help them. So there's a lot of moving pieces there, but it's definitely something, yeah, I'm passionate about. 
Amazing. Uh, I unlocked something already. Nice. One question deep. <laughs> One question in. I, I nailed it, I guess. Awesome. Um, no one has but, ever asked me that. That was a great question. Killer. All right, great. We'll wrap it up. I think we're done. No, I, I think we're good. Um, <laughs> You, um, you, you're a Lululemon sponsored athlete as well. And one of the things that, you know, strikes me about this, you know, professional world is you have to choose your sponsorship and, and that's where, that's where you are right now. How did you navigate that landscape landing with Lulu and sort of what's that, you know, what's that relationship been like since you've begun that? Yeah. Another great question. So when I went pro in 2015, um, I started training with a group in Portland, Oregon called the Bowerman Track Club. Um, and the B the BTC for short is uh, sponsored by Nike. So if you want to train with them, you have to be sponsored by Nike. Um, so that's what I did for the first, um, I guess it was six years of my professional career. And then that kind of ran its course. I, you know, as like any athlete, you like kind of, you get what you need from a certain situation and then you kind of outgrow it and, you know, it's pretty common to move on. And that was definitely the case with me. And I think my relationship with Nike had also kind of run its course and, you know, I was looking for something different. Um, I wasn't looking for like the raw, raw, just do it when it all costs, like kind of mentality anymore. I was, you know, looking for something a little bit more well-rounded, a little more, you know, sees me as a whole human being. Yes, I'm an athlete. Yes, I'm an Olympian, but I also am passionate about, you know, women's sports and mental health and, and social well-being and running as a community and like all these things. Um, and I didn't really feel that Nike um, cared about those things the way that I did. So when that relationship ran its course, I was out there looking for, you know, a brand that just saw things differently. And I felt so lucky that I kind of, Lululemon kind of fell on my lap. Um, I got a DM from someone who works for them. It was like, Hey, like saw that you're, you know, a free agent. Like, are you interested in Lululemon? And I was like, Lululemon doesn't sponsor runners. Like what? Um, this is in, uh, January of 2021. And uh, they were launching a shoe. It turns out they were working on a running shoe um, that was confidential at the time. And so they were looking for a pro runner that could help them champion this shoe and, and get into the running space. And so the timing was just amazing. Um, and it's been an incredible experience working with them, just like kind of night and day different than what previously I thought a sponsorship, you know, could be or should be. Um, this is much more a partnership and what I want to do and kind of my goals and my mission and my values um, are being like, how can I support you in that? How can we back you in that? Um, rather than me kind of being the one um, pushing that brand's agenda, if that makes sense. So it feels very like much more like a partnership and much less transactional um, than any kind of relationship I've been used to, um, which is, it took me a while to get used to, honestly. I was like, are you for real? Like, are you sure? Is this a trick? <laughs> but it's real. I've been with them two years now uh, and they practice what they preach and, you know, it's not just lip service. Uh, it's it's real life. So it's been, yeah, it's been amazing. And our team is growing. We have a lot more track athletes now, which is really fun to be a part of too. So I guess less than to athletes, check your DMs because one in every <laughs> like 50 will be valuable. And I get so many trash DMs and so many garbage, like spammy things um, that I almost was like, is this real? And then it was like, yeah, no, it's very much real. So yeah, check your DMs, guys. That's awesome. Um, well, not only you're not only an athlete, you're not only a track star, you're not only an advocate, you're also a world record holder in, in the <laughs> four by 1500 meters relay. People always say records are meant to be broken, but like 
you don't really want it to be broken yeah. anytime soon, do you? <laughs> yeah, that was kind of a crazy thing that happened during um, COVID. I, you know, I was part of this pretty big team and we were training together uh, in our own little bubble in the summer of 2020. Uh, and we went to high altitude in Park City and um, you know, we were just all living together in a house and, and kind of like quarantining together and training together. And, um, we got done with that camp and we put on some races that were just us against us, like inter-squad racing. We put on the uniforms and it was at a small high school track. There was like limited people that were allowed to be there, like friends and family, basically like loved ones. Um, but we had some actually really amazing races. I ran a 15, 10, 5k PR in the 5k, I ran a 40. It was like a 405, 1500 and a 202, 800. And then we ran the four by 1500 and broke the world record. So um, it was definitely a tough summer for a lot of reasons, but we definitely made the most of it. And um, it's just not an event that's run for run very often. And we were like, hey, we have the the women to do it. Like, let's take a stab at this thing. And so now I can say I'm a world record holder, which is pretty cool. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, and I guess if it's going to be broken, you could you could just break it again, I guess. But other than that, we don't want it broken. The tre- the dream would be to get a Lululemon squad together um, and re-break it and run even faster. So put that on the bucket list. Yeah, put it on the calendar. I think it'll happen. Um, you 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 mentioned that you know that difficult summer coming off uh, you know an Olympic performance at the twenty sixteen games. You know you you were. Um, you are an Olympian, you've participated. Um, so just to break that down, like your arrival in 2016 in Rio, um, you know, you get to the Olympic village. I assume it's insane. You're getting like swag. I, I assume like, I'm sort of just making this up because I don't know what it's like to be there. What is it like? Is there a difference between knowing you've made the team and actually showing up at the Olympics and realizing, you know, this is next level or are you prepared for that? Yeah, well, you know, I guess I'll take this opportunity to say that May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and it's a really um, common thing for Olympic athletes to be working their whole lives toward this one event that, you know, for track and field especially, we don't have a Super Bowl or anything. Like, the Olympics are everything for track and field. Um, So you, you know, you oftentimes work for many years dreaming of this thing and you know, like you're saying, you have expectations in your mind of what you think it's going to be. And, you know, you like kind of imagine it. And then I think what happens a lot is you get there and you do it and you see it and you're like, okay, that, that was it, (laughs) you know? And then you come home and you still live in the same house and, you know, you still go to practice every day and like your life kind of just keeps going forward. And, um, it's very common to have a, what they call like post-Olympic blues or a period of depression right after, because, um, it just feels like you work so hard towards something. And then in in reality, you think oftentimes you might think that might change your life in a certain way, or that, you know, it might change you or, you know, that something just like amazing is going to happen. And oftentimes, even when something amazing does happen, you realize that it was just a moment in time and you like life goes on. 
And so that can just be really tough for a lot of people. Um, and on a very serious note, we actually lost a member of Team USA this week, Tori Bowie. Um, she ran in the same Olympic Games I did in 2016 um, and struggled with some mental health issues afterwards. So, yeah, it's a very, you know, unfortunately, very real thing, but um, something that isn't talked about as much as it should be. Um, and so I think it's just important to note that, you know, yeah, it's a big deal to go to the Olympics and I want to go again, but I know also that can't be everything. And there has to be, you know, I love my life with or without the, you know, the the necklace that I wear. Um, it's, you know, either way, it's amazing and trying to enjoy every day and, and going to practice and just like having fun with teammates and doing the sport that you love every day. Um, that's really what it's about. I appreciate you being so open about that because I, and I knew you, you would be because I read your 2020 diary and I was going to ask you about it, you know, later, regardless, I was struck by your comments on mental health and, and just sort of, you know, maintaining that consistency. And, and that's something that, you know, I'm not a runner. Sometimes I wish I was, but I'm not, but it like during 2020, it was all about maintaining consistency for me too. Like you wake up, you're in the same place, you know, I, I, nobody really has that escape. You know, some of us used to, and then we didn't anymore. Um, so I'd love, you know, for you to, as much as you would like to expand upon sort of how you were able to find that middle ground during such a tough year. Yeah, honestly, it's something I still kind of, you know, think about on a daily basis of like, it's this weird, I'm writing an article for, um, I have a, a little newsletter. I call it a newsletter. It's not a blog. Um, <laughs> no, it wouldn't be. I, I will never call that off. I will never do that. I have a little <laughs> newsletter I call the Steeple Squigs Update. Um, and I uh, send out a monthly email to subscribers um, and I'll share like, you know, maybe like a workout I've done recently or a recipe that I've tried that I'm loving or um, a playlist that I'm listening to, um, all kinds of different stuff. And sometimes I write like little articles or whatever about something that's going on. Or, you know, if I was going through an injury, I'll like write about tips about how to deal with injury for other or other athletes who are dealing with stuff like that. Um, and right now I'm, I'm writing a piece about, um, it's kind of a weird topic, but it's like this idea that I have about when I was part of my old training group, it was very much like when it all costs, do whatever you have to do to get there kind of single focused. Like, you know, my coach was quoted one time saying that he would live in a sewer if it meant that he got to go to the Olympics. Like that was the mindset, you know? And I was yeah. like, that's a little messed up. <laughs> like, I don't know if that's super like, yeah, a little toxic. Um, so, but you know, at that time, like I was, that's when I went to the Olympics and I went to world champs, uh, four times and, um, you know, that's when we set that world record and stuff. Um, and then I went through a period of about three years of back-to-back -back injuries where I just couldn't stay healthy. I just kept getting in my body, just kept breaking down, kept breaking down no matter what I would do. And so then I like had to take a step back from that intensity in that environment and be like, and because I, I was miserable, like once you took away all the things that was getting me through, like all the achievements and I was injured, I was like, just so miserable. And I was like, I can't live like this. Like, this is crazy. And so I tried to figure out how to set up my life in a way where I could be truly happy first and then figure out how to get the performances, you know, in addition to being happy, just, I felt like it just wasn't worth 
you know, living in that way. I was doing long distance with my now fiance for nine years because I really wanted to like chase this Olympic dream. And so at a point I just said like, no more, I can't do it anymore. Um, but now I'm at this point where I'm like, okay, I'm healthy. I have this amazing partner in Lululemon. I have a few other sponsors who have backed me through injuries as well. Um, I was able to buy a house in Flagstaff, Arizona, where I do my high altitude training. I'm able to live in person with my fiance and our dog. Like I have this training partner who is just an amazing human being who I love, you know, sharing miles with like all these things that are like set up in my, set my life up in a way that just how I imagined, but I'm yet to like get to that, like top level of performance. Um, and so this article I'm writing is like, can you have it all? Can you have your cake and eat it too? Do you have to sacrifice like happiness and well-being in order to achieve the pinnacle of sport. Um, Cause you see these athletes like Michael Phelps and, and many others and Simone and, you know, many others who have come out and said like, yeah, I'm like the goat, but it's like, not all as like as great as it seems, you know, and they're like very tortured um, during that time when they're like achieving greatness and like on TV so this is very long-winded, but I'm like, can you have both? I want to say yes. And I want, I want to prove that you can. Um, but basically long story short, like that's the journey that I'm on right now. Well, it definitely sounds like you're much closer than you were when some, when your coach was saying you should live in a sewer, like, yeah. just a... <laughs> <Yeah>. yes. <laughs> and I, you know, I think it's a, it's such a process and I'll like figure it out eventually. Um, but also just like being open about it. Like we talked about this for like an hour during a run with some athletes here in, in Flagstaff the other day, cause I had posted about it on my story. And so they asked about it and it, I just wanted to know everyone's opinions. And so, yeah, we were just like all talking about it and stuff. And I think, I mean, even just opening the conversation um, and hearing people like have different opinions and, and stuff, I think that's really helpful and hopefully will move the narrative forward that, hey, you don't have to live in a sewer to make the Olympics. Like you can be happy and successful at the same time. So that's been cool. Yeah. And and you can be from, you know, really anywhere from from FSU or from a smaller school like you you mentioned. Um, I'd love to ask about your fandom a little bit before we sign off. I know you're from St. Louis. Um, yes. Did did you grow up like a, a proud St. Louis sports fan? There There is this tradition. There's a lot of celebrity St. Louis fans. I feel like I always talk to the Kansas City people, but mm. there's like. There's Jenna Fisher. I mean, Tom Sandoval. I don't know if you watch Vanderpump Rules. The big St. Louis guy. Um, they're they're out there now. Like, did did you grow up in in that you know group of fandom? Um, kind of, not really. Um, I don't know. I am not like a huge. Of course, like I don't know. Of course, I like I'm a um. Cardinals fan and like grew up like doing like I don't know we like would go to Blues games sometimes and stuff yeah. um actually funny enough Jenna Fisher went to the same high school that I did there you um, go Nerex Hall go Markers um but yeah I don't know I think and Lori Chalupney actually went to the same high school I did too so I feel like right. that was a big deal when I was in you know in school there being like yeah like someone on the women's national team that came from my school um I think overall St. Louis was a great place to grow up I love like being from the Midwest. Um, but now I spend time, half my time in Flagstaff and have my time in LA. And I'm like, I don't understand why you can have mountains and ocean and it's 75 degrees every day. And I would like go back to like 
the, I mean, the winters in St. Louis are brutal. The summers in St. Louis are brutal. You get like a month on either end where it's nice. And like, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to make that sacrifice for my children to grow up in the Midwest. Like <laughs> we're California people. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Yeah. Good. Okay. That clarifies it. Cause I, I don't know. I, I can never tell. It's almost like I'm not from the Midwest. I'm, I'm from New York and I've never really oh, strayed. Nice. Yeah. I, I've never really strayed, but every time I go, I'm a huge baseball fan. So during so childhood, been a cards game. I took like, yeah. I used to sort of set the summers aside with my family. We'd like do a baseball road trip somewhere. And so we did like St. Louis, Cincinnati. We, we knocked out all the, the Midwestern cities. Every time I was there, I was always like, this is so nice. But then I would leave and just like tea out. And I was also during the summer. So I never experienced the winters, but I do still think about Ted Drew's frozen custard. Oh, and I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that's as big a deal for you as it is for me, but I could not not mention it on this call. Yeah, the Tedrus is totally a big deal. Like there's a there's certain things I have to do when I get home. It's um Emo's pizza and Tedrus frozen custard. Like those are definitely musts. And then I run in Forest Park, which is like an amazing uh, I know you don't like running, but it's an amazing place. It's, not that, no, it's not that I don't like it. I'm just not good. I was going to rap with that, but I, no, I'm just not good. I want to, I want to be able to do it. I just can't. Um, but on, well, I, on the, you know, I have to say is a lot of people think they're bad at running, but it's just because they don't do it enough. And when I'm out of shape, like if I take a couple weeks off at the end of the year, or if I get injured and have to take time off and then I try and get back into running, it feels like garbage. It just feels horrible. And every time I'm like, this is why people hate running because when you're out of shape, it feels horrible. Um, but you have to like, it's one of those things you have to stick with it and then it gets easier. And then as soon as you find like your run flow and then you're like, Oh, this is what it's all about. But you, I mean, it's a lot of work to get there. So I don't blame you. I, I mean, I was the one who I, you know, how they used to cut the presidential physical fitness test off. If you couldn't get the run done in 15 minutes, they're like, all right, you did it in 15. Like you're done. I once was walking around the entire track and someone yelled out, it's like 1430. And I was like, oh, my, no. And I sprinted and I got a 1456. And nice. I felt so good. But like, that was me. I was the one who was like wandering in a circle. And they're like, you literally have to finish this or else we're going to cut you off and give you a 15. Maybe you're a sprinter. <laughs> yeah, maybe. You never That's know. That's what I got out of that story. <laughs> it feels good to hear it. And uh, an Olympian told me that. So I guess it must be true. <laughs> I'm going to tell everybody. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> Um, before we go also just what is, what is Emo's pizza? Cause this is not the first time I've heard this on a podcast, but no one ever describes like, why is it different? What exactly is it? Why, why do people in St. Louis love it so much? Okay. You'll learn everything you need to know, um, from the one, one bite, everybody knows the rules video about mm -hmm. Emo's pizza. You'll learn everything you need to know, but it's basically, so <laughs> it is like very, 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 very thin crust pizza um and then there's like i forget what the cheese is called but there's like a special kind of cheese that they use um i'll have to google that it's been a while but yeah it's like a, a specific kind of cheese that they use and then just like cracker thin pizza or dough okay perfect uh i think i'm into it i don't know i, I i'll have to be <laughs> one of those things if you grow up on it it's just like nostalgic and i think if you tried it in you know as a grown adult you just be like what the heck is this but when you have memories you know it just clouds your whole judgment <laughs> yeah well, i'll i'll pledge if i try it i'll tell you i like it even if i don't yes. that's because yes. you, you were kind like it, just 
go to emo or just go to Ted Drew's after and forget about the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, you were kind to me. You called me a sprinter, so I will be kind to you. I will tell you I love this pizza regardless of, of whether I do. Um, <laughs> Colleen, uh, thank you so much for talking to me. Um, you're at Steeple Squigs on Instagram, right? Um, and also, how did you, how did that handle, like, when did you get that handle and you're like, I nailed it. This is my handle. Like, is that an old childhood nickname? Uh, no, actually, my college coach, when I got to FSU, Coach Karen Harvey um, started calling me Squigs. Uh, and then I run this event on the track called the Steeplechase. And so Steeple Squigs came to being my freshman year at FSU. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, that's where people can follow you. And is there anything else you'd like to plug? Um, the only other thing is my website is callingquigley.org because she is an organization. Um, and you can <laughs> check that out. And that's where you subscribe for the newsletter as well. Good, good, good. I think I have adamwander.gov, but I think I should probably Ooh. get an org. It's probably better. No, <laughs> nice. I don't. I don't have that. Um, thank you, Colleen. This was amazing. And uh, best of luck in training moving forward. Thanks, Adam. Have a good one. Colleen Quigley, everybody. One of my most fun interviews of all time. I had an incredible time doing that. Uh, check out Colleen's site at colleenquigley.org because, yes, she is an organization, and I am not. Gotta keep hustling. Maybe I'll get there someday. I don't know. Or gotta keep sprinting, actually, if Colleen is right about my running talents, which, God bless her. She she is not. I, I can't run at all. No Final Flame today. Final Flame, guys, a member of the WGA. Solidarity. See y'all in two weeks. <laughs>